Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tonight, the urgent manhunt for the gunman who opened fire on a subway during rush hour, injuring at least 29 people. What we're learning about the suspect who appeared to be wearing a gas mask and construction vest. Smoke, chaos, and terror. The video in the moments after the bloody attack. Those people screamed for medical assistance. It was just a scary moment. The new picture of what the suspect left behind, fireworks and a hatchet. Tonight, the growing concern about rising crime in America's cities, plus our interview with New York City's mayor. Inflation surges at fastest pace in more than 40 years. Consumer prices up 8.5% in March compared to a year ago. If you can break even right now, you're, you're doing good. Russian airstrikes target eastern Ukraine. A defiant Vladimir Putin says he'll win the war as Ukrainian forces claim they were struck with a poisonous substance. Severe weather threat, 100 million Americans in the path of snow, thunderstorms, hail, and possible tornadoes. Abortion outlawed in Oklahoma. The governor signs a law making it a felony to perform the procedure. Fake agents to be released. Tonight, the stunning turn of events as a judge lets two men accused of impersonating federal law enforcement out of jail. And remembering comedian and Aladdin star Gilbert Gottfried. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. We have breaking news as we come on the air after a suspect opened fire on a crowded New York City subway car during morning rush hour. The suspect is still on the loose, but police just located an unoccupied U-Haul connected to the shooter. There are a lot of questions tonight. More than 10 hours after the shooter deployed a smoke canister and opened fire on an end train about to enter a Brooklyn station. We still don't have a picture of the suspect, but he is described as a heavyset black male 
standing approximately five feet five inches tall. At least 29 people were injured, 10 people who were shot, and five are listed in critical but stable condition. Police say other victims suffered smoke inhalation and shrapnel wounds. Cell phone videos showed chaos and confusion as horrified victims ran from the smoke-filled subway car. Heroic New Yorkers were seen providing first aid. And President Biden tonight praised the first responders and the civilians who didn't hesitate to help their fellow passengers. CBS's Mola Lenghi is going to start us off from the scene with new information. Good evening, Mola. Well, good evening, Nora. New York City is on edge tonight after this horrifying shooting, and the gunman remains at large and is considered armed and dangerous. Authorities are still trying to determine a motive, but of course, that may not be possible until they find their suspect. Just before 8.30, rush hour riders on a packed Manhattan-bound train were terrorized after a lone gunman first set off a smoke bomb, then started shooting at random. An individual on that train donned what appeared to be a gas mask. He then took a canister out of his bag and opened it. The train at that time began to fill with smoke. He then opened fire, striking multiple people on the subway and in the platform. Cell phone video shows horrified riders bolting from the train after it pulled into the station. Passengers dragged some victims to safety while others limped off on their own. Confusion reigned. First responders soon flooded the South Brooklyn neighborhood, treating victims for smoke inhalation and gunshot and shrapnel wounds. And coming up the stairs, I saw maybe a 16-year-old that was shot in the knee. You can clearly see the bullet. Those people screamed for medical assistance. It was just a scary moment. I'm looking for male black, carrying a school bag. Sam Carcamo was on a different train when he filmed passengers pouring onto the subway platform, looking for help. I imagine you didn't get a look at this suspect. No, I didn't see any shooting. I didn't see anyone uh, that was, like, suspicious. I just saw the aftermath of everyone caught in the violence of it. Uh, people trying to get away, people hurt. Police and FBI investigators scoured the station, looking for a suspect in a green worker's vest. They recovered a tote bag with a hatchet, two gas canisters, and a semi-automatic handgun that apparently jammed during the melee. They also found several undetonated devices and spent ammunition magazines. But they did not find the gunman, and at least one of the security cameras at the scene of the shooting was not working. This is not being investigated as an act of terrorism at this time. Today, President Biden addressed the shooting. But we're not letting up on it until we find out and we find the, the perpetrator. Well, in addition to that one security camera that was not working at the time of the attack, police say they are investigating whether any other security cameras at the subway station may not have been functioning. But again, one potentially critical piece of evidence that has been found just a few miles from here, that U-Haul truck with Arizona tags that may somehow be connected to the suspect, Nora. An important development, no doubt, Mullalenghi. Thank you. Federal investigators are on the scene helping with the investigation and the manhunt. A law enforcement official tells CBS News that a authorities have thus far not ruled out terrorism as a motive. We get more now from CBS's Katherine Herridge.
Tonight, a sweeping law enforcement probe is unfolding. Sources tell CBS News investigators are canvassing for videos, eyewitness accounts, building a timeline to map the suspect's every movement. I'm not ruling out anything. Uh, we're determining what that motive is, and we'll find that out as the investigation continues. Described as a black male, five foot five and heavy set, wearing a hooded sweatshirt under a green construction vest. And during the shooting, what appeared to be a gas mask to protect him from the smoke he unleashed on commuters. Investigators are scouring the subway car for fingerprints and evidence linking the suspect to the crime. This person is dangerous. They're asking individuals to be very vigilant and alert. While terrorism has not been ruled out, sources say investigators are working on a motive and also considering a possible criminal act involving a dispute or a disgruntled or deranged individual. This does look like it was more planned out than somebody that just snapped and went on a shooting spree. James Galliano is a former senior FBI agent who worked as a crisis management coordinator in New York City. The number one thing here is to disrupt or dismantle any further plots. The investigation into prosecution, that is secondary right now. Right now, we want to catch this guy, and we want to make sure that there are no other plots existing that are attached to it. A Homeland Security official tells CBS News the secretary is getting regular briefs and closely tracking details to provide full and comprehensive support to the New York probe. Nora. Catherine Harridge, thank you. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's working from home after testing positive for COVID, said the city would not allow New Yorkers to be terrorized, even by a single individual. We spoke with the mayor about the investigation, and he vowed that the NYPD will catch the suspect. Is the suspect known to the NYPD? Uh, as of this time, uh, we have not made a positive identification. Um, again, we're following a number of leads, and what we don't want to do is put out any misinformation. Uh, we want to be thorough and the information we give so that the public can assist us in making this apprehension. So you're saying that at this hour, the suspect is still at large and you believe him to be armed and dangerous? Oh, yes. We're telling anyone that's approaching, anyone that they believe is suspicious, to notify the police department. Uh, but at this time, the person is not apprehended. There's no reason for us to believe that he's not still armed. Why hasn't the NYPD released a photo of the suspect? In cases like uh, these, you know, I was a former transit police officer, and as you know, a former member of the New York City Police Department. You put out a photo of a suspect that is incorrect you could create a real crisis in the city. Do you have a good photo of the suspect? All of this is part of the ongoing investigation. As soon as we get one, we're going to release it to the public. Can you confirm that there was a malfunction with the camera system? Was it just one camera or all the cameras in that subway station? Uh, no, I can't confirm. I know we were having a feed problem. We attempted to retrieve whatever video that's possible. What concerns you the most, given that this suspect is still on the loose? Uh, it's larger than this suspect. What concerns me the most is what I've been talking about for several uh, months now, uh, that we have many rivers that are feeding the sea of violence in our city and cities across America. And it's time for all lawmakers to be on the same page, the overproliferation of guns. We removed 1,800 guns off our streets in a little over three months similar to the gun that was used. It's time for us to get serious about the guns in our city, including ghost guns. More than three million people use the subway every day in New York City. What are you doing to make sure the commuters feel safe? Well, number one, I'm one of them. Uh, I believe our subway system is one of the finest systems in the country. 
and it's going to play a vital role in our recovery effort. Uh, today, immediately, we're going to double down on our patrol strength. If I was not here, um, recovering from COVID, I would be on that subway system today because I think as the mayor, you have to lead from the front. And that was our interview with New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Let's turn now to the economy with those stunning new inflation numbers out today. The Labor Department's consumer price index rose by 8.5% in March compared to a year ago. That is the fastest pace in more than 40 years. Gas prices accounted for over half the monthly increase. President Biden traveled to Iowa today to unveil a new plan to drive down those rising gas prices. And with higher prices on food to gas to rent, inflation impacts everyone, but especially those struggling to make ends meet. CBS's Janet Shamlian has the real-world impact of rising prices. Inflation slicing into profits at Rogel's Barbecue Company in Houston. Let me get a one-meat plate. Brisket has gone up 40 cents a pound in the last few days. Okay. Owner Russell Rogel's orders 2,200 pounds a week. How has inflation impacted your business? Inflation's impacted everything about our business. I mean, anything from the proteins to the paper goods to the chemicals we use to clean, every single thing that we use has, has gone up. And those costs get passed along. You do have to raise your prices, but you can only go up so much before you price yourself out of the market. They'll look at the menu board and look down there like, whoa, you went up. And I'm like, look, we, we have to. We don't have a choice. There's pain across the board. Even with wages rising, the average household is now spending $327 more every month on goods and services. Meat prices are up almost 15%. Overall food prices nearly 9%. Energy prices skyrocketing 32% in the past year. And in just a month, gas prices jumped a whopping 18%. In Florida, it cost second-grade teacher Kristen Outer almost $90 this week to fill her tank. Which was brutal, but the groceries is really, really taking a toll unless teachers get a massively huge pay increase. Um, I can't afford to continue being a teacher. I have to put my family first. Russell Rogels thought after the pandemic, the worst was behind him. Times now, he says, are even leaner. Our choices are go up on pricing, cut our quality, cut our portions, or close the doors. I don't want to do the last three, so we have to go up on pricing to survive. A new study finds 75% of small businesses have had to raise prices. These are companies that were already struggling to retain workers, and they now fear inflation could do them in. Nora? Impacting so many. Janet Shamley, and thank you. Let's turn now to the war in Ukraine. President Biden today described Vladimir Putin as a dictator who is committing genocide. That is a term that U.S. officials have not used until now. Ukraine today said it captured a high-level Putin crony who escaped from house arrest when the war started. Late today, Ukraine's President Zelensky promised proposed swapping him for Ukrainian prisoners held by Russia. And tonight, with peace talks at a dead end, Russia's invasion force is preparing for new attacks in the east and the south. We get more now from CBS's Chris Livesay in Ukraine. While his troops are retreating from Kyiv, a defiant Vladimir Putin insists he will still win the war. 
Its goals are noble, helping people, saving them from Nazism, he says, adding that atrocities such as those committed in Bucha, the aftermath witnessed by CBS News, were faked. But they couldn't be more real, says Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, warning that civilian torture and death follow every Russian bootprint, with the war entering a new stage of terror. Even scarier acts, he says, are taking place in Mariupol. Ukrainian forces claim they were struck with a poisonous substance. While unconfirmed, the reports were being taken seriously by the U.S. This is a, a real concern. It's a concern that we had from before the aggression started. If confirmed, it adds to a mounting list of Russian war crimes, one that includes the indiscriminate use of landmines. Ukrainian forces are detonating those left in the city of Kharkiv, some inside people's homes. What are they looking for, says Nadezhda Kanisheva? There are no military objects here, only chicken coops. Russian troops are now streaming into what's become the primary theater of this war, forcing more and more civilians to flee. That was like nightmare, really, because it's really horrible. It's like trembling all the time. According to the UN, nearly two-thirds of Ukraine's children have been displaced. A nightmare indeed for the most vulnerable. And this war is not limited to the traditional battlefield. Today, Ukraine revealed it narrowly dodged the most serious cyber attack since the Russian invasion. It targeted Ukraine's energy grid and would have caused blackouts for two million people. Nora. Chris Livesay in Ukraine, thank you. Back here at home, more than 100 million people are in the path of a major storm system moving across the middle of the country with threats of thunderstorms, damaging winds, and tornadoes. A severe storm last night dropped hailstones the size of baseballs in northwest Arkansas, damaging cars and buildings. For the forecast, let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Mike. Well, good evening, Nora. Yes, multiple states under the gun for severe weather once again, showing you a virtual view of Little Rock, Arkansas, and what conditions will look like later on this evening with damaging winds, hail, and tornadoes all possible across Arkansas. But that won't be the only state that's threatened across the south, all the way through the Midwest. Intense storms could race through Iowa and the upper Midwest, producing numerous tornadoes and violent long-track tornadoes. We do it all again tomorrow. Our exclusive Torcon shows numbers as high as a seven. The higher the number, the higher the threat especially across the south that extends all the way up to the Great Lakes. And if that weren't enough, Nora, the same system also responsible for an epic April blizzard across the Dakotas, another two feet as possible, and 50-mile-per-hour winds. Oh, that's tough. Mike Bettis, thank you. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. 
That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, a judge here in Washington ordered the release of two men accused of impersonating federal agents, allowing them to await trial under house arrest. The judge said prosecutors failed to prove the suspects have any connection to foreign intelligence. Investigators say the men gave gifts to Secret Service agents, including one who protected First Lady Jill Biden, possibly trying to infiltrate the law enforcement agency. Prosecutors have until tomorrow to appeal the decision. Oklahoma's governor has signed into law the most restrictive abortion policy in the country. The law makes it a felony, punishable by up to 10 years in prison, to perform an abortion at any stage of pregnancy, the only exception being to save the life of the mother. Several Republican-led states have moved to restrict abortions ahead of an expected Supreme Court ruling on Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been slapped with an undisclosed fine for breaching COVID protocols and participating in lockdown parties early in the pandemic. Johnson has resisted calls to resign over the so-called Partygate scandal and today apologized for his actions, saying at the time he didn't think he was breaking the rules. We received the sad news today that comedian Gilbert Gottfried has died. It's very annoying. He just says the same thing over and over again. Go ahead, say it. Say it. Just one, say it. Like ah, ah. Well, his signature delivery made him a fan favorite, portraying the original voice of the Affleck duck and the wisecracking parrot in Disney's Aladdin. I can't believe it. I just don't believe it. We're never going to get a hold of that stupid lamp. Just forget it. Look at this. Look at this. I'm so ticked off that I'm molting. Gottfried also starred in the Problem Child films and Beverly Hills Cops 2. He got his start doing stand-up before his big break in 1980 as a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Live. Saturday Night Live. His family says he died after a long illness. He leaves behind a wife and two young children. Gilbert Gottfried was 67. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we'll have the latest on the investigation into the Brooklyn subway shooting and what we're learning about the suspect. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget you can set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Wondery Plus.